0: Lisa Marie Shuttleworth was a 34-year-old from Beach Island, South Carolina. She was the mother of two and worked at her family's drinking establishment. On the morning of September 4th, 2003, Lisa dropped her son off at the bus stop, like she did every day. After school, her son came home. But Lisa wasn't there, and the door was locked. She was never seen again. I'm at Denzel, and this is unfound. the type the beautiful man or woman people in a position of power that person who can seemingly make anyone laugh there is something that draws everybody else to them as if these kinds of human beings have a gravity all their own other people revolve around them like they were in some kind of orbit people turn their heads to catch a glimpse of these magnetic specimens and many will do just about anything to say Hey, I know him. I know her. But on an infinitely more powerful and personal level, there is that connection between parents and their children, the first time they see each other, and the way the parents never stop looking out for and worrying about their offspring. And from the opposite perspective, at least as babies, the way they light up when their parents appear in the doorway of their bedroom every morning. In that moment, there is nothing else in the universe to these little ones. Well, in the disappearance of Lisa Shuttleworth, you're going to hear about both. On one hand, and due to both her looks and personality, Lisa had at least three men vying for her time, with one even allowing her to use his almost brand new car. On the other hand, you'll hear about how Lisa was doing the best she could for her children, and how it affected them when she disappeared. And in the end, you'll be left to wonder what happened to Lisa, the center of attention. And now a summary of the case. This is brought to you by my friend, making goods website, charlieproject.org. Lisa Shuttleworth worked for her family. She was, among other jobs, a bartender at their tavern. She was popular with a mostly male clientele. She got married and had two children. However, there were allegations of abuse and she and her husband got divorced years before she disappeared. After this, Lisa's daughter lived with her parents while her son lived with her. She did the best she could, but as a single woman, Lisa quickly had men trying to gain her attention, to the point that a man much older than she and a friend of the family, Neil, gave Lisa his Lincoln when her car broke down. Unfortunately, though, Lisa seemed to be having a relationship with a married man as well. So on September 4, 2003, the day started like any other. Lisa got her son Ryan up and off to the bus stop. After that, Lisa allegedly spoke with a friend on the phone, possibly Neil, the man who loaned her the car. There is also a report that someone saw Lisa at a local convenience store in her own car that morning. Whatever the case, later that day Lisa didn't meet her son at the bus stop, so he had to walk home. When he got there, both the Lincoln and Lisa's own car were in the driveway, but the door was locked and nobody was inside. Ryan went to the neighbors where after a few minutes, Neil showed up wanting his car back. However, upon hearing Lisa wasn't home, he drove Ryan over to his grandparents. Lisa was never seen again. Some of the toughest cases' unfound covers are the ones in which a woman is keeping the company of several men it's hard to discern if any one of them could be the perpetrator, or could the guilty party be a man no one knew about? Having said that, these questions remain about Lisa's disappearance after over 16 years later. Number one, why did Lisa need another man's car when hers might have been working just fine? Number two, are we to believe the rumors that Lisa might have been pregnant with a married man's child? And number three, What could the explanation be for a mysterious cellar found beneath the trailer of a man who might have dated Lisa? The popular opinion in Lisa's family is she was abducted by one of the men in her life, and that led to a tragic end. The guest for this episode is Lisa's son, Ryan Shuttleworth. Unfound news. Since you heard me last week, I've been to Pennsylvania and back. Yep, I drove my dad home. Why? Well, let's just say I bored him to death. Figuratively. What it means is I can get back full-time to the work of Unfound. Dad was here a month. And it went fast. Next, for anyone who goes to the Unfound YouTube channel, please note that due to YouTube's new rules, all Unfound videos must be marked as not made for kids this is something YouTube has enforced. Nothing that we at Unfound can do about it. However, I can assure you that all Unfound videos will always be PG rated, just as they have always been to this point. There has been no change in our policy that everything Unfound produces will always be family friendly, despite our coverage of very adult topics at times. Finally, In the upcoming weeks, please be looking for changes at the Unfound website as we try to bring it up to 2020 standards. Where you can find Unfound. Unfound supports accounts on Podomatic, iTunes, Stitcher, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, and Facebook. On Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, please join us on YouTube for the Unfound live show. Contribute to Unfound at patreon.com. Forward slash unfound podcast. This week I need to thank Marjorie. You can also contribute at PayPal, unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. That is also the email address. Merchandise, the books at amazon.com in both ebook and print form. Do not forget the reviews. Shirts at unfound podcast.myshopify.com. Cards at makeplayingcards.com forward slash sell forward slash unfoundpodcast. And please mention Unfound at all true crime websites and forums. Thank you. Two notes before we get started. First, please remember that Ryan was only eight years old when his mother disappeared. Number two, this is the first major interview Ryan has done, so please understand his nervousness. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound, the son of Lisa Shuttleworth, Ryan Shuttleworth. Ryan, welcome to Unfound. Hey,
1: thanks for having me here.
0: You're very welcome. Now, I want the listeners to understand that Ryan was only eight years old when his mother disappeared. So a lot of things you're going to be hearing are things that he has learned from other people, people that he trusts uh, regarding his mother's disappearance. And then he will, of course, fill in anything that he's learned as an adult. But he was only eight years old at the time. So why don't we start here, Ryan? You're eight years old. Um, what do you remember... Uh about your mother. Of course, uh you lived with her uh when she went missing. We know that uh you also have a, a sister, but uh you were living with your mother. What do you remember about her?
1: Um she's she's always a blast to be around. Uh I don't She was a fighting spirit, that's for sure. Yeah. She was real real fun and generous person.
0: Was she? Yeah, would would you say that she was a disciplinarian? Was she hard on you, or did did she let you? Uh, was she a little looser? What would you say? Oh
1: yeah, she. I mean, she wasn't scared to let me know, you know, how it was going to be. That's for sure. Is that right? asked. <laughs> uh
0: huh. Did you did you need that as a little boy, or or what? Did you would you say that you got into trouble a lot, or or what? When it came to... Oh,
1: probably needed more of it.
0: You probably needed more of it. Okay. Okay, that's funny. All right. Um, And it was just uh, when she disappeared, it was just you and she living together? Yes, sir. Okay. And uh, what was she doing uh, for work at the time?
1: Uh, She was a manager and a a bartender at Jerry Coe's, which was a local bar.
0: Okay. And uh, where what would you do when she would go? I'm guessing that's a job maybe that she'd have in the evenings. And where would you go when she went to work?
1: Uh, well, I mean, I, I hung out there a lot, you know. Oh, did you? It was the daytime, she was she was there during the daytime as oh. well. I mean, she she also managed all the books and and, and all that. Okay. So, I mean, I spent a lot of time there.
0: Okay, so she was there and. What would you be doing uh, while she was there? Maybe you had school, maybe elementary school or something, but when you didn't have school, what would you be doing there while she was working?
1: Uh, I was always doing something, playing pool or running around, just, you know, being a kid.
0: Okay. Okay, cool. All right. I played pool. I was playing pool when I was that age, too. We We had a billiards table in our house, so, okay, I know what you're talking about there. Would you say that uh, your mother was well liked? Had a lot of friends? Oh I think? yeah, oh
1: for sure, for sure. That yeah, she knew. I mean, she knew everybody, and everybody knew her.
0: Okay. You know,
1: like I said, she she was the life
0: of the party at any party. Okay. And her parents, though, did not live. Your grandparents did not live uh, too far away. Uh, how far away did they live? And did you and your mother go over there often? Did you see them often?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, there there was a big part of you know our lives, and I mean, oh. like, they
0: owned the bar that she worked at and managed the. Oh, okay. So it was like a family business.
1: basically yes. Sir.
0: Okay, well that makes then that makes make a lot of sense why you were hanging out there too. So, I, I guess you saw your. Would you say that your grand your father or grandmother spent a lot of time at the bar too, just like your mother did? Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Now, let's talk about uh, your father, and the listeners should know. Uh, Ryan um, got me to talk to his father. I just talked to him a few days ago. Uh, We are conducting this interview on January 1st, 2020, but I got to talk to Ryan's father on December 30th, just two days ago, 2019, and I will talk about my conversation with him after this interview. But, um... Your father, uh, unfortunately, he and your mother got divorced. Uh, when did this happen? And, um, you know, where was, um, you know, what kind of relationship did they continue to have after they got divorced?
1: Um, I mean, as far as, as long as I can remember, they weren't, you know, never really together. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming they, they split up shortly after I was born, I assume. Okay. I'm not really sure. But I know their their relationship was kind of touch
0: and go. You know, he would come around and he would split and then he would come around and, you know. Okay. Uh, Would you say that, I mean, around this time, let's just say, let's just pick out that year of 2003, um, how many times would you say you saw your father, you know, uh, during that time? Did he come around the house or maybe just a few times or a lot Mm -hmm. of times?
1: Yeah, just rarely put it
0: that way. Rarely. Okay. All right. But um, so your mother, uh, did they have any sort of custody arrangement, or did your mother really just have total custody of you, at least at the time? Yeah, she had She had full
1: custody. Full custody. Okay. All but right. She didn't, she didn't you pay child support or nothing like that. She didn't.
0: Okay. She didn't
1: take them out on child
0: support
1: or nothing.
0: Okay. Um... Now, you have a sister as well, correct? Yes, sir. All right. And where, it, around this time, let's say 2003, where was, uh, she's an older sister, where was she living? What was she doing?
1: Uh, she, she must have stayed at my grandparents'. Uh, she was, you know, six years older than me, so she was always, she was in her teen, early teens, so she's probably hanging out with her friends all the time. And, yeah. You know, the girlfriend thing.
0: Okay. Okay, how often would you say that your mother uh, saw your sister? During I, the mean, was, I mean,
1: they regularly. I the, mean, the bar that she worked at in managed was literally basically spitting distance from my grandparents' house. Oh. Right. Like, I mean, we've seen it. yeah. I mean, okay. we didn't go a day without seeing her, you know?
0: Okay, good. Good. Vice
1: versa, yeah.
0: Okay, great. Great. Now, once again, reminding the listeners, Ryan was eight years old at the time, But so when he talks about um, some of the people that we're going to mention next, this is just going to be maybe what he's been told about them by other people and maybe just what he's gotten to know uh, as an adult, being that he's now in his 20s. Let's talk, and just, we're just going to talk about these guys in general terms. Who uh, was Neil?
1: Uh I didn't know much. Yeah, you know, being so young, so it, it, I just knew he was a friend of my mother's, and you know, he helped us out by lending us a car.
0: Okay, he lend, he gave you uh, one of his own vehicles.
1: Yes, sir.
0: Wow, that's great. Do you remember how long your mother might have had that car?
1: Um, it, it
0: wasn't long. Okay, okay. Um, any idea how? The two of them, now I understand that Neil is like an older guy. He might have been in his 60s, maybe? Yes. Is that, is that possible?
1: Yes, that's possible.
0: Okay. Uh, you even know how they met?
1: Uh, no, sir. I'm assuming the, the bar she worked at.
0: Okay. All right. And we'll come back to him later. Uh, What do you know about Bubba? That was his nickname, of course. His real name was James Harrison. Uh, who was he? Uh,
1: he, he was a boyfriend at the time. I guess someone she, she was dating, uh, she had just introduced him to me, you know, not too long before she had disappeared.
0: Okay. What did you think of him?
1: Uh, I didn't like him, uh, I don't know, I can't tell you why, or mm-hmm. I just, I just naturally just didn't like him, I can't tell you.
0: Okay. But once again, you were just eight years old at the time, and uh, you don't know how long. Is it possible that they met from her working at the bar? Any ideas?
1: Yes, sir. That's very possible.
0: Okay, very possible. All right. We'll come back to him later. And you had mentioned one other guy. Uh, His name was Jimmy, I think was his last name King, K-I-N-G. Is that right?
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: Okay. Okay and uh who was he
1: uh he was um i mean i'm assuming he was a a previous boyfriend okay no i'm not uh, i don't i don't
0: know okay okay do you remember seeing him around uh when you were eight years old or, or is he somebody that you were told about later
1: well, I mean, I hung out with his son. His son was my age, and we just rode, we rode four wheels all the time over there at his house. So, wow. You know, I had an association with his son. You know, that's okay. that's my main reason of being over there. You know, I okay. really didn't know at the time of okay.
0: hers. Okay. So he could have maybe, Jimmy, what might have been somebody she went out with after she got divorced. But your your belief is they were not an item at the time she disappeared? Yes. Okay. In fact what you I think what you said before is that if any if she was involved with any guy at this time it would have been this guy Bubba, James Harrison. Yes, sir. Okay, but but then we can't forget about Neil who seemed to uh give her the car and we'll talk about um him later. Now let's go to just some things, maybe that you found out, or maybe even you realized, just in the days and weeks before your mother disappeared. Let's let's talk about her car. It was a grand, it was a Pontiac Grand Am. What do you remember? Now, the listeners should know that Ryan's father, who I got to talk to, has a little bit different recollection of this. That's fine. I will cover that after uh, this interview. I will be sure to mention that. But just from what you remember, Ryan, being that you were the one living with your mother. Let's talk about her car. Uh, what was the status of it at the time of her disappearance?
1: It was currently not running.
0: Okay. Any idea why?
1: No, sir. I have no idea why.
0: No idea. Okay. And do you think that was the reason that um, she got this car from Neil? Is that a good possibility? That's,
1: that's correct.
0: Okay. Uh, I once again realizing you were eight years old was the Grand Am often not running, or is that the only time you can think of that it that um it wasn't running? No, that's
1: still, that's the only time I can think of. Can think of it. it. Ever messed up. Okay,
0: yes, okay. And uh, you know, I'm thinking 2003. Did I'm trying to remember did Pontiac even make Grand Am It was probably an older car from like the 1990s. Late 90s, yes, sir, I did, Late 90s, okay. Um, and But this Lincoln that Neil had given her, you had told me it was fairly new?
1: Yeah, from what I recollect.
0: Okay. Do you, do you remember what kind of Lincoln, I mean, Lincolns are fairly nice, higher-end cars? Was it like a town car or something?
1: Exactly, a town car.
0: Okay, that sounds nice. Uh, we've already talked about her work, but if you could just tell the listeners again, your mother's usual work schedule—you know, when she went to work, when she came home. Cause sometimes you went with her. What was her regular work schedule?
1: Um, I mean, from what I can remember, it was, you know, from from early in the afternoon to till, till early in the morning, basically all through the weekend. You know most of the time on the weekends.
0: Okay. So she was
1: working all the time to provide for sure, me sure. And my sister.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Sure. And she was working with her family, like you said, your grandparents owned this bar uh where she worked. Um yeah. were there other bartenders? I mean did they serve food there Did they have waitresses too uh, or, or what? Yes sir. There was there
1: was other there, there was other, you know, female bartenders that that worked there as well. You know, whenever uh-huh.
0: She didn't work that night. Okay. All right. The way you think of it, uh, you've already stated that you didn't think much of uh, Bubba. Or I'm just going to call him by his regular name, James Harrison. Um, but in the weeks leading, just once again, in the days and weeks leading up to her disappearance, anything that you can remember, and we'll get into the rumors later, um, do you remember any fights maybe that James Harrison and she had in the days or weeks before she went missing? No. No. No, not not that I remember. Okay. Now, um, your grandparents, of course, After, um, have your grandparents, after she disappeared, and I should ask, are your grandparents still alive?
1: Yes, they
0: are. Anything, once again, you do not have to feel obligated to say, but if you can, anything that they've ever told you about anything going on in your mother's life in those days and weeks, you know, anything, you know, that was seen, they thought was a problem or trouble? Anything they've ever told you?
1: Nothing at all. No. Okay.
0: All right. So those are some of the major things going on. She she had these car problems, but Neil lent her a car. She was working. She was providing for you and your sister. She had this boyfriend that, you know, didn't, uh, you weren't too hot on him. And uh, maybe I should ask you this. Uh, Was James Harrison married?
1: From what I know, yes, he was married.
0: Okay. All right, so that that could be an issue. So let's just move up, and I know, Ryan, this is uh, very difficult to talk about, Um, and you you should know that I've had mothers and fathers talking about their disappearance of their children uh, on the program, and I know we're just going to take this very slow. Um, What... Have you learned about the day and and you were there? What have you learned about the day that your mother disappeared? Um, I
1: mean, to be honest with you, there's there's rumors going around. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're steady for a while, and they they range from, you know, they vary dramatically, and it's just hard to mm-hmm. it's hard to know anything. But uh, I do know one thing, though. The truth is out there, and it it will be found.
0: Did she drop you off that morning at school?
1: She dropped me off at the bus stop.
0: Okay. And under regular circumstances, do you know what she would usually do after she would drop you off at the bus stop?
1: Um... I mean, I'm assuming, you know, regular mom stuff. Clean the house and you know Mhm. So whatever mom does. <laughs> okay.
0: Alright, so your your assumption is that when after she would drop you at the bus stop, she would go home. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. And um so that's the assumption. And so we'll just go right to this being the that, that this is uh you know, we'll get into what allegedly happened later but so you go to school she seemingly goes home but then what happens later that day when you come back home from school tell me what you did and what you saw and where you went
1: uh well she when she dropped me off she told me she would uh pick me up at the bus stop you know that afternoon
0: So, but just to understand the grand dam, which was her car was there, and the car that was Neil's was there yes yes okay and and the door the door to the the trailer house was locked Yes, sir, okay, so where did you go when you know- knew that you couldn't get in? where did you go? Well,
1: my buddy he lived i met him whenever I moved in the place. He lived directly diagonal to us, so and and same grade as well. So he also got off at the bus stop with me. So okay. I just walked over to his house with him.
0: Okay. And what did you do when you get there? Did you try calling into your the house, or did you try calling right. your grandparents? What did you do?
1: No, I don't. I don't think so. I think I just, I, you know, thought she was running late and was waiting on her to get there.
0: Okay. Now, you... She, please.
1: I was, I, I was just trying to add, because she, she was always there for me, and, and you know, for her kids. And she was a very, very responsible and independent woman.
0: Okay. So you're at your friend's, uh, the neighbor's place. Now, what you told me, at some point, maybe unexpectedly, did Neil show up?
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: Okay, and and um, did you did he go over to that house, or did you walk out to see him? Uh, what did he say? What What do you remember about you know you seeing him and him seeing you that day?
1: Well, I, I walked up to greet him because he was, you know he was an older gentleman, and and of course you know I thought maybe well my mom could be with him. Sure. So I walked I walked over from my friend's house. And, you know, he, he, he had a stroke, so he couldn't talk. Well, he ends up taking me to my grandparents' house, which was in a neighboring, you know, town. I'd say about 15 miles or so, maybe.
0: Okay. All right. And and do you remember that uh, drive? Do you remember him ever saying, where's your mother? Are you asking him? Do you remember anything about that Car ride.
1: I uh, don't, no, sir, not particularly. I mean, he was, he was, you know, an older man, and he, he couldn't talk, so.
0: Right. I just, I, I,
1: I mean, I really can't recall how, you know, I told him or, or he told me where he was taking me. I, I can't
0: remember. Okay, maybe. Uh, he wrote it down, or just, just something. We just, you just don't remember. And once again, you're eight years old. Most of what I experienced uh, when I'm eight years old, I don't remember either. Um, but what's clear though is just to just to be clear about this, he never did say. Uh, you know, he knew where your mother is or anything like that.
1: No, sir. Not that I. I mean.
0: Okay. No, sir. Okay. Um, where was your sister? uh this day
1: this day uh i mean she went to school as well and she rode home with a friend, uh to a friend's house with her which she lived down the street maybe about a mile in the same neighborhood actually i mean
0: okay and when you when neil dropped you off at your grandparents house uh do you remember your grandparents asking you any questions did they ask? I mean, once again, Neil didn't talk, but maybe he could write something down. Do you remember them having inter- any interactions with Neil at all? Just your what your memory is.
1: Um, I remember there was there was some kind of argument because he wanted the key to his car. If, if, oh. Yeah. If I, I mean, I, I don't know why he needed it right then or, um. or, or details, but
0: okay. Do you, do you happen to remember? I mean, I'm guessing he eventually got his car back, but do you have any recollection yeah. on how fast he got his car back? Did it sit out in front of the house for a while? Do you even remember?
1: Um, from what I know, he, called, he had to call somebody to come make a key for it so he could
0: mm-hmm.
1: take it back
0: to his house. That would, that would make sense. So what you're saying is, uh, if I could just read into this a little bit, what you're saying is, at some point, and we'll get into that in a second, but the keys for the car were never found. That's correct. Okay, thank you. Uh, who was, uh, w- I'm sure your grandparents at that time took, you know, took everything over. Uh, did they call the, the uh, police? Did they go over there themselves? You know, Maybe they had a key to your mother's place to go in there. Uh, what did your grandparents do?
1: Yes, well, they had a key, my grandfather which is her dad, yeah. and we went, straight, we went straight over there, and, you know, they checked it out, and I just remember them walking around, and I didn't really look for much or do much, you know, I, I just didn't know really what to think or what was going on, the right. severity of the situation. Sure. I didn't
0: move. Right. Right. I mean, you're eight years old. You, at this point in your life, did not know these things happen, you know, as most eight year olds don't. Um, you know, unless they've really grown up in a really, uh, bad part of the world. So, okay, so, um, when was the police report filed? Like, the next day?
1: Yes. As soon as possible. I I remember, I remember my grandparents, my grandma calling, and they telling her she has to wait a few more hours because Mm -hmm. it's policy, you have to wait 24 hours to report someone missing, but... We knew whenever she wasn't there for for me after school. That was that was totally not like her, you know. I mean, it just we knew yeah. right
0: then something was up, and her
1: parents knew. Yeah, it was
0: yeah, not something something, right. Right, and I'm sure, being that you were eight years old, they were saying things to each other and thinking things that they never told you. I'm sure, right. you know. I'm sure you. They told you go in the other room, and then they would shut the door and maybe talk about it amongst themselves, which is what, oh, yes. yeah, yeah. A, you know Still what, this day. yeah, <laughs> of course that may be and and I would understand that, but that's you know what adults do, of course, okay, so once again, I realize you're eight years old, um, so we'll talk about the police a little bit later, what you've learned, maybe as an adult, but uh, they get the report, and uh do you know if? they talk to any of these guys? Did they go and talk to Neil? Did they talk to James Harrison? Frankly, did they talk to your father? Did they talk to Jimmy? You know, have you learned anything about that?
1: Mm, no, I haven't. Okay. I mean, I, are you, you said the police?
0: Yeah, the police. Did they do uh, at least... Yes, sir. Yeah, go ahead. Did they, did they talk yes, to sir. the police or anything? Are... Did they talk to these guys, finding out what their alibis were, anything like that?
1: From what I know, from what my father told me and my grandparents, um, they, they, have, they question everybody. hmm Okay.
0: Okay, uh, that's but there was no sign... Uh, so let's just move on to this. Um, let's move on to uh, the house itself. You said that you... Uh, your grandparents had a key. They went over there. Uh, what did what did they find when they went in the place? Place Were there any signs of violence? Was anything missing? Anything like that? Anything of note?
1: No, sir. Nothing was really out of place. I mean, everything seemed fine as if, you know, she was left out and was coming right back.
0: Now, I've read that there was something something about a teapot on the stove or or something. Maybe you can explain that a little better.
1: Yeah, there, there was a teapot, uh, uh, there was a pot of, you know, tea on the stove where she had boiled it, and I guess right time it got done boiling, you know, our unexpected or expected guest okay. comes up and she puts uh you know, she turns the burner off and puts a napkin over it. So she could, you know, make it in a minute mm-hmm. or later. And, okay. I mean, it was it was cold, and you
0: know. Okay. Uh, I just. So, to put it another way, it maybe se- seemed to you and your grandparents like she'd been making some tea, and then somebody showed up in the middle of that. Yes. Okay. All right, but. As far as you know to this day, anything stolen from your mother's place, anything broken, anything like that, as far as you know?
1: As far as I know, no clothes was gone, nothing, I mean, there was Mm -hmm. nothing gone except her, the clothes that she was wearing, which was most likely her pajamas because, like I said, none of her clothes was was buried about or nothing like that, and her purse, her purse was never found.
0: Her purse. All right. And maybe you can, maybe we'll try to clear something up right now. I've read some reports that her purse was gone, but her driver's license and social security card were left behind. Did you, do you remember that? Do you, do you think that's true or, or what?
1: Um, as far as I know, that's not true, but I don't know for sure.
0: Okay. That would be odd that she would take her purse, but the license and 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 that would be left out of it. I'm not. I'm not sure what really what to make. I'd, I'd have to really think about that to try to make uh, logical sense of that. So I, I don't know what the. Uh, it's what to me. It's more noteworthy that uh, the T, you know, seemed to be left undone. You know, that's more noteworthy to me than the the purse stuff. Okay. Now we're going to get. Now the listeners, the listeners should know that we're going to get into probably what is the most, the biggest discrepancy. You know, there's a couple different stories out there, and we'll try, Ryan and I will try to go through them as best we can, but they are two uh, certainly different stories. Um, Was your mother seen at a local convenience store slash gas station uh, that morning, let's say, after she dropped you off at the bus stop? Uh, As far as I know, police
1: reports say that she was seen by security camera of the gas, the said gas station that morning getting ga- at the gas pump, sitting there, and she went inside and got a newspaper, and come back out and sat there and and read a couple of pages, and then took off back the direction which she came.
0: Okay. Now the key to this is with the 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 um listeners might remember you said. That her Grand Dam wasn't running at the time, whereas it, is it possible that somebody said she was? That video shows she was driving the Grand Dam? Is is that correct? Uh, I mean, I'm assuming she
1: would have to be driving the one that she was lended by Neil.
0: Yeah. Okay, I but would, I'm I would, ass- I, w- sure. I would, ass- I, would ass- I would assume that as well, being that the other car wasn't running. So that's one story that she was seen on this video. The police somehow got this video and it showed her on there by herself going back out to the car. But there's another story, though, that is out there that she was seen by somebody she knew and that she was actually in the Grand M. Have you heard this story?
1: No, I have not.
0: Okay. All right. Because that is, that's a kind of a different story uh, that is out there. But it would make some more sense to me, Ryan, uh, is the story that you tell that she was seen on video driving the Lincoln. However, there is this other story out there that instead it was not on a video, but somebody came forward, a person who knew her, to say, "Oh yeah, I saw her," you know, in the Grand Dam, which would be a little hard to believe, being that the Grand Dam wasn't running. Now, another part of this regarding her possibly, and once again, we don't know this for sure, but. The allegedly she was at this pit stop, but allegedly and the, the this is uh public information that she could have made a phone call while she was out that morning. First of all, did your mother have a cell phone?
1: No, she did not.
0: Okay. So have you um ever once again, uh in knowing what you know about your mother's disappearance, do you know anything about this alleged phone call that she might have made?
1: Um as far as I know my sister said that she called she talked to her that morning on the phone and said that she's
0: gonna pick her up. That's the only phone call I know that she made for sure. Okay. Because uh there is uh once again, I d I don't know if I don't know how we would know this. I don't know how this would even get out. But did allegedly she called a friend around ten a.m., is it possible she could have made that phone call from home? Did you have a phone at home?
1: Yes, we had a home phone.
0: Okay. And, But you don't know if there even was a call. You don't know who she could have called? No,
1: sir.
0: Okay. All right, so we don't know much about that. Okay. Um, let's talk about some of these uh guys that we've already mentioned starting with um your starting with Bubba. Uh have you ever heard what his alibi uh, might have been for that morning?
1: Uh, I have no idea.
0: No idea. Okay. Now as I asked you before, I ask you again, was he married?
1: Yes, as far as I know he was married.
0: Okay. Uh, now, as, uh, maybe some of the, a lot of the listeners are going to suspect, have you heard a roomie, rumor over the years once you became an adult that, and this is something that, uh, I will mention, uh, in my, you know, the discussion that I had with your dad, that she might have been pregnant. Yes, that's
1: correct. That, well, that was just uh, a rumor, but, though. Yeah, I about to say, again, I'll say that the, the rumors were, were far and wide. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they usually are. Um, but to your knowledge, though, as far as your grandparents know, knew, you knew, your sister knew, your mother never said anything to any of you about being pregnant? No, she said
1: nothing.
0: Okay. Is James Harrison still alive, Ryan? Yeah, he's still living. Still living? Okay. Uh, do you know over the years, has he ever made any public comments about, has he even acknowledged knowing your mother? Did he ever offer an opinion on what could have happened to her?
1: Um, I mean, as far as I know, he said he didn't know nothing. And that's all I know, he said.
0: Okay. Okay. And I'm guessing that nobody, I mean, we should just state this. To your knowledge, even though, as you stated, this neighbor was like catty corner or diagonal across from where you lived, no, they, your neighbors didn't see anybody pull up to your house that morning while you were at school. That's correct. That's correct. Okay. Please, Ryan, if you could just speak up just a little bit. Okay, just speak up a little uh-huh. bit. Okay. Uh, next, we'll talk about Jimmy. Uh, in the in the weeks maybe before she disappeared, did you ever see Jimmy? Do you remember Jimmy, uh, being over at your place? Did your mother ever mention him? Anything like that?
1: Oh uh, well, I don't really remember him being at my place, but
0: okay.
1: Like I said, I hung out with his son, so I, mostly I went to his his house. Okay. And this this house was like. Not even, it, it was not the next house beside the door where my mother was working, but okay. that
0: next house
1: after that. Okay. It, literally right there. Okay.
0: So do you have any idea of what his alibi could have been for that morning?
1: No, sir, I do not.
0: No. All right. And he is not with us anymore. He died several years ago. Correct. Okay. All right, so not sure what to make of him. Um, let's talk about Neil a little bit, being that um, you did see him that day. He did drive you over to your grandparents' place, um, even though I know he couldn't talk. Did did you ever have an opportunity to have a conversation with him about your mother?
1: No.
0: After that? No. No.
1: I never got the opportunity.
0: Okay, so he is, and he is deceased as well? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, your father, I just wanted to check something with you. Uh, do you believe that Neil was friends with your grandparents?
1: Um, I, I do believe my grandfather may have knew Neil, mm-hmm. but...
0: As, far
1: as
0: friends, I, I, I don't know. I, maybe acquaintance. Okay. Um, okay. Is it possible that your mother was having a relationship with Neil, even though she was much younger than he was?
1: Um, I, I don't believe that's, that's possible.
0: Okay. Uh, maybe a kiss on the cheek or two, you know. Mm. Uh, but Okay. And we're still, uh. We are still trying to figure out what you don't remember. What Neil's last name is, do you?
1: Um, I, I just found that out. His uh, last name was Durden. Neil Durden.
0: You're gonna have to spell that.
1: D-U-R-D-E-N.
0: Neil Durden. Okay, that will give an, uh, me an opportunity now to look that up, and I'll have done that by the time people hear this interview. Uh, do you know if he was married or had any children at the time of your mother's disappearance?
1: Um, I knew nothing about, you know, him personally or, or where he came from or no one. Or, or he was just a, basically a stranger to me.
0: Okay, okay, but he, but he had given your mother that car, and once again it would make sense because her car wasn't running. But I'm guessing some other people might look at it as, uh, you know, you know, they were an item and he was just giving her a card, to you know, because he was his girlfriend. But you don't know anything about that.
1: I mean, he might have thought she was mm-hmm. his girlfriend.
0: Right. That's a good point. Very good point. Now, probably the, the strangest part of this is, are the pictures that you sent me. Now, you're going to have to explain uh, how this all happened and what these pictures are. What these pictures of this basement or cellar or whatever you want to call it, why don't you tell the listeners how this all happened?
1: Okay, well...
0: Just make sure, uh, Tyler, Just ma- or Ryan, just make sure that uh, you're speaking up, all right? Just, okay. All right, please be a little louder, and that'll be better for me when I edit this. Thank you. Okay.
1: Well, to start it off, they, he was married, this Jimmy King guy was married, and where him and his wife lived was a trailer right there in Clearwater, which is you know our hometown, and this trailer, after they was divorced, his wife lived there for four years after my mother went missing, so that's after the year two thousand and two okay all right, well, Jimmy moved out, you know like i said she she stayed there. All right, well, they sell the place, you know, whatever happens. My dad ends up getting the place from his friend that that got the place from from some old lady dying, gave it to him. Well, then, then the guy dies and leaves it to my dad. Okay, well, I I eventually go back over because, like I said before, I've always hung out with Jimmy's kid, who's my age. And I've hung out with him there at that that specific trailer, okay? Yeah. Well, when my dad moves in there, we discovered there's like a homemade, like bomb shelter, like dungeon bunker-looking thing, and it's, it's equipped with like shot light inside of it, a uh, metal frame, like bed type-looking, made out of metal grate. Um, and a weird yellow rope in there, and, and the pictures you were seeing is, is what I do believe to be, you know, um, coagulated blood.
0: Blood on the walls.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, I called Aiken County, and they come, they, they wouldn't even look in the hole. They they got my they got my father to go down in there and take some pictures of it and, and the phone he had wasn't even as good. The pictures I took was taken later that day because mm-hmm. I was outraged how they wouldn't even go down there and investigate it. Mhm. And and you could clearly see in them pictures that there's a back outprint like of somebody's body clearly leaning up against that wall. And and I took a several pictures, two, at least two pictures of actual rust, because that's what the cop said it was, and brushed it off, and, and wouldn't even go look at it personally. And you you could clearly mm. see the difference in the in the two rust don't come out of brick walls. Rust comes off of metal on the brick wall. but if mm. there's no metal right there, how is there going to be rust of it? Right
0: does this place, in your opinion, uh does this place look like something that was dug by hand?
1: Um, in my opinion this is this is a professionally built this time this guy knew what he was doing. Okay. okay. this this is a two layer it's a two it's a two step like you go down one level and then you got to climb down another level and, and the bottom of the this tank looking thing dungeon, whatever you want to call it, is, is like a drain. It's all it's all um how can I say, float into one one square drain is looking thing.
0: Okay. And how how big would you say it is? I mean how 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 big is it from floor to ceiling? How big is it, like width and length? Feet and uh, feet. It's it's about it's about
1: eight by eight. Maybe a little more. hmm uh-huh. Um and and How tall the ceiling is is pretty tall. Like I said, it has a hanging homemade like metal grate bed. That's the only way because it it has separate shelving over to the right of it. But there was a metal grate like bed Mm. up there, and and it's hanging from the ceiling, so it it has Mm. pretty high ceiling.
0: Okay. These pictures that you sent me, Ryan. When were those pictures taken?
1: Um, those pictures was taken. Probably, I'd have to say maybe five months ago.
0: No, oh, very, very recently.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. very recently. I, I yes, I just discovered it very recently.
0: Okay, and this is a trailer that Jimmy King used to live in.
1: That's correct.
0: Wow. Do you believe he was living in there at the time of your mother's disappearance?
1: Um, he was not. But I know for a fact his his ex wife. Was, okay. and his son. Okay. You know, he had, he had access to the house any time he wanted, for four years after, you know.
0: Uh, yeah, sure, sure.
1: Up until four years after she had went missing, he had okay. access, and, you know, no kind of, he wouldn't have to sneak in or nothing like
0: that, you know. Okay. Uh, in, in discovering this, your father discovering this, I mean, does it look like it was, like, a, a secret compartment to get down in there, or was it something that was fairly obvious?
1: It's, it's definitely meant to be, you know, not known about. Like, it looks like uh, a pad that your air, air conditioner would sit on, you know, outside your house. You know, the yeah. concrete little pad, that's yeah. exactly what it looks like, but it's got a lid to it. Wow. And I mean there's there's a water uh like a water hose at the the first the top level. There's like a water sticket where I guess he had the water up. There's I mean, there's a ventilation mm-hmm. system. I mean this place I mean it's mm-hmm. freaky. And and I've I've asked his son what was up with it with if he remembered that room and he said yes, his dad well he calls him Jimmy. He don't call him dad. Mm-hmm. Says, Jimmy built that to build his thing. And what, I, what he means by that, I don't know.
0: He built that to do his thing?
1: To build his thing. To camp.
0: build his thing. Okay.
1: And, and I tried to get him to elaborate a little bit on that, and I couldn't really get much other than, you know, he, he said he, just, he, built, he, built all, he built all kind of stuff. That's, that's all okay. I could really get out of it. So
0: okay. I mean, it certainly does sound, I mean, the, the by the time that the listeners hear you're in my voice for this interview, Ryan, they will have seen the pictures. Uh, does it look, it kind of looks like a dungeon.
1: Yes, that's exactly what it looks like.
0: Okay. Um, is it in your plans? I I know that Jimmy is not with us. Is his ex-wife still alive?
1: Yes, that's right. she's still
0: with us. Okay. Do you have it in your plans maybe to ask her about this? I do. I okay. do. All right. Very, very soon. Okay, great. And we will surely want to know what she has to say about that. Um, you had talked about the police. The police haven't taken any interest in this at all. No,
1: none, none whatsoever. They wouldn't even acknowledge it. Like I said, he wouldn't he wouldn't look at it. He said it was rough and, and they was on
0: their way. Well, uh, you know, I, I have to admit, I, I, I'm I, not much of a builder. I've never laid concrete or anything like that in my life. But uh, I would think that if they came over there, that they might try to at least figure out an explanation of why this thing underground even exists. Right. Who cares about the rust and everything? Why is it there in the first place?
1: Well, he, he the cop wouldn't climb down there because he had to climb in. I mean, that's how secret this little mm-hmm. thing, like the little latch is. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it looks real steady, like you're about to go. You don't know what you're about to climb into, but Right. It just looks good. It just looks good.
0: Right. Well, I guess what we're saying here, listeners, is that, you know, we have this, uh, and maybe one of you might be able to come up with a plausible explanation that is not uh, so conspiratorial, and I'm certainly willing to uh, I'm open my mind, uh, I'm open to those ideas, and I'd certainly pass them along to Ryan. But I think what we're saying here is that is it possible that Jimmy went over, got your mother, you know, did he, you know, is he some sort of serial killer or something?
1: Yeah, that's possible.
0: Yeah, Okay. All right. Uh, that is certainly the strangest part of this disappearance, but you have the photos uh, to prove it. What did? What's your dad think of it? I, I have to admit, in talking to your dad, I I have to admit my my fault. I completely forgot to ask him about that. What does he think it is?
1: Um. To be honest with you, he was he was in denial the whole time about where or, you know about whose trailer that was and. He, he tried to tell me that I was mistaken the whole time, that I wasn't, you know, that wasn't the same trailer. And, you know, I had to prove him wrong, and, and he still thinks this rust. He thinks this rust.
0: Your dad does? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, but what does he think about this whole compartment as a whole? I mean, why would anybody build something like that in the first place?
1: He, he don't know. Okay. He,
0: he can't get me yeah. Maybe he was... Uh, a makeshift bomb shelter, you know, like they used to dig in the 1950s when they thought there might be a nuclear war. Maybe he was building a cellar that he was going to keep, like, canned goods in or something. You know, I don't know. But the the, the, the listeners will surely be, once they've seen these pictures, will surely be uh, bothered by them. And if the listeners want to know, they'll be posted on the page. They'll be posted uh, in the Facebook group. And I'll probably even make something to post on uh, YouTube as well. Okay. Uh, Ryan, I, I know this, uh, you know, we talked off air. I know this is a very emotional topic for you, as it is for any child who loses a parent to a disappear, uh, disappearance. Of course, we talk a lot about emotions uh, on this program. You've been living with this for uh, almost 17 years. I mean, what has this been like for you?
1: Um, it's, it's been a journey, that's, that's for sure. Uh, we just, you know, we keep moving, we take it day by day, and we never lose faith. That's, that's all we can do, we just mm-hmm. pray, and we do what we can while we're here.
0: hmm You were raised by your grandparents? Yes, that's it. Okay, so they took custody of you uh, after your uh, mother disappeared? Okay, and if you can say, uh, you know, how much did your grandparents talk about your mother? You know, while you were Um, being raised,
1: not not too often. It was, you know, it's always been a touchy subject. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Simply because the fact, you know, we don't know nothing, and you know, it's just it's very dramatic. Like our family was real close, then. You know, it really split us apart. And yeah. It really yeah.
0: We're right. After. Right. Okay. Um. Any last words before we complete this interview, Ryan? Uh,
1: I just want to thank you, Edward, and thanks for having me on, and I really appreciate it.
0: Well, you're very welcome, Ryan, and as I tell virtually all of my guests that I want you to know, Ryan, that this is just the beginning of you and me knowing each other. Um, as long as your mother's missing, uh, I'll always be able to be used as a resource. You know, if you need, you know, something pops up and you need somebody that, you know, you that you can trust, that you can talk to, is always going to talk straight with you, I want you to know that I'll always be there through Messenger you have my phone number, anything pops up whether the police or you know if you do get to talk to Jimmy's ex-wife or anything and you want to run by you know what you found out, I'm uh, here to help. To
1: stay in touch. Yes sir, I'll definitely to stand touch about Okay. That.
0: All right, great. Cuz I want you to do that. And I want to continue to help you in any in any way I can. I, I continue to be friends with uh, I continue to be friends with all of my former guests on the program, even going way back to over 3 years ago. So I want that to be like like that way for us as well. Yes, sir. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. And I appreciate you being on this episode of Unfound. Oh,
1: yes. My pleasure.
0: And that was my interview with Ryan Shuttleworth, son of Lisa Shuttleworth. I thank him for joining me and all of you on this episode. I also deeply respect him for showing the courage to talk about his mother's disappearance for the first time. Ryan arranged for me to talk to his father, Lisa's ex-husband. I talked to him knowing that all these years later he is still considered a person of interest in Lisa's disappearance, like any ex-husband would be. Here are my notes from that conversation in no particular order. Ryan's father's name is JT, and in talking to him, probably the biggest discrepancy between what Ryan said and how JT remembers it, is JT says that the Grand Am that would be Lisa's car was actually in running condition. It was not broken down, like Ryan said in the interview. JT said that he had the Grand Am maybe a month before, maybe more than that, and he had it towed back to Lisa's, not because it wasn't in running condition, but the way he put it to me is, If he would have driven it back to her, then he would have had to have seen her and he didn't want to see her. So he got somebody to tow it to her house. That's what he said. But he insists, as far as his knowledge goes, is that the Grand Am was running at the time of his disappearance, a time of Lisa's disappearance. So it brings into question what is actually the truth. Maybe some of you will be more likely to believe Ryan, being that he was around his mother every day and whereas JT was not. There could have been something that happened to the car between the time that JT returned it to Lisa and her going missing. We have to be, I think, open to that. But it is a discrepancy uh, that I thought all of you should know about. It certainly then brings into question, if the car was running, why would Lisa get another car from Neil? Um, You'll have to figure that out for yourself. I did ask JT who his top three choices would be in the disappearance of Lisa. His first choice is Bubba, also known as James Harrison. His second choice is Neil. And then his third choice is a random person. Um, what he told me about Neil, uh, we now know Neil's last name. It's Durden, D-U-R-D-E-N. I did not know that last name at the time. I, I talked to JT. Neil owned a carpet cleaning business. He was a friend of Lisa's parents. And then uh, JT had told me, I think Ryan had told me as well, that Neil had had died since Lisa's disappearance. And in fact, he died the very next year. I, I searched that out, sought that out, that information. He died the very next year in 2004. You will remember that Ryan said that he had had a stroke at some point before Lisa's disappearance, so he might have been in uh, poor health um, uh, at that time. And so it's maybe not a surprise that he died uh, a year later. Uh, I asked JT, I asked him about his alibi for the time of Lisa's disappearance, of course, roughly mid-morning to the afternoon of September 4th. And JT admits that he doesn't have a very good one. He says his alibi is that he was home asleep. Uh, JT says that Neil, it was not a situation the way JT remembers it, the way he thought about it. Uh, Of course, we have to remember that JT is Lisa's ex-husband. His opinion is that uh, Neil wasn't just being nice and giving that car to Lisa. Uh, JT happened to think that Lisa, uh, Neil was Lisa's sugar daddy. That's the way he put it. Uh, JT could think of no reason why Lisa would have been sitting at the pit stop that day. If she was reading a book or just sitting there in her car, in Neil's car, uh, he can think of, uh, no good reason for that. But as I've already stated, these two were not really keeping in contact with each other at, in, in the weeks, in days and weeks, uh, before her disappearance. JT did bring up another guy. His name was Ron. He forgets his last name. Uh, He was a guy that JT believed used to go to the bar uh, where Lisa worked. Uh, JT called him a nice guy but kind of a boring guy and that he drove a Corvette. Um, JT says that he did take a lie detector test regarding Lisa's disappearance, and he just outright told me he never saw the results of his Lie detector test, but he did tell me that the police told him that he failed it. I don't know what to think of that. I could certainly see, at least back at the time, maybe the police were telling him that he failed it to try to convince him to talk more, especially if they thought that he was the one that caused Lisa's disappearance. It very well could be that JT completely passed it, and the police were telling him he uh, failed it just to get more information out of him to try to. So I just don't know about that. But JT was up front and saying that he was told that he failed it. Um, JT says that Bubba, once again, James Harrison, allegedly held a gun to another woman's head. At some point, I do not have it in my notes whether that was before or after Lisa's disappearance. The way JT remembers it, uh, of course, Ryan talked about in the interview how Neil came over that day after Ryan had gotten home, and Ryan said that Neil wanted to get his car back. The way JT put it, the way he understood it, is that Neil came over that day and he wanted everything, not just the car. So I take that to mean that the car was not the only thing that Neil gave Lisa. That's how I would interpret that. I don't know if he gave her jewelry. I don't know if he gave her clothes. I don't know if he gave her a a big TV. Did flat screen start at that time? I can't remember. You know, other things, computer, I don't know. But uh, the way JT remembers it, it was not just the car, the Lincoln that Neil wanted. So I will get to that later in my summation, but I want you to remember that. And But JT also says that he does not believe that Lisa ever dated Jimmy, this Jimmy King that was mentioned in the interview Um, The guy whose trailer, JT, now lives in, and remember we talked about toward the end with this uh, seller situation, and those pictures that Ryan took of that seller, it kind of looks a little bit like a dungeon, I guess you could say. I posted on Facebook in both the group, the private group, and on the page, and I also posted those pictures on Unfound's Instagram account. Unfortunately, what was a complete oversight on my part is that I did not ask JT what he thought about that seller. I guess I should find it at least interesting that he and I talked, and he didn't bring it up on his own. I don't know what to make of that. Uh, I should should note, though, that I think when I talked to him, he was uh, taking a break at work, and maybe if he was at home, it would have been more on his mind since it's right there. Um, but maybe being that he was at work, uh, that's, uh, might've just slipped it in his mind, and we, of course, we did talk about a lot of different things. So that was my conversation with JT, and I deeply appreciate Ryan, um, uh, making that happen, and I hope that I can talk to, uh, JT again, um, should the need arise. You know, it's hard to determine where to start a brief summation in this case because there's so much that seems contradictory and unexplainable. Would Neil really come over to Lisa's place after he just killed her? Why would Lisa be sitting at the pit stop by herself? And if she was meeting someone there, why not just wait at home? If somebody did come over to Lisa's, Why did she have the time to take the hot water off the stove and shut the stove off? But the neighbors right across the street neither heard nor saw anyone at Lisa's. If Lisa met someone at the pit stop, why did she then drive back to her place if they were going out together? Why not just leave her car at the pit stop? Why do the police seem uninterested in this strange cellar under Jimmy's old trailer? Those are just a few questions, and I'm sure you can come up with many on your own. And maybe I should throw in one more point that I discovered from an article that was written about Lisa's disappearance in 2014. Uh, Ryan says that the car Neil loaned Lisa was a Lincoln Town Car, whereas an article, once again from 2014, says that Neil loaned her a truck. How could that info be confused? I really have no idea. A town car and a truck couldn't be more dissimilar. Moving on, this case reminds me a lot of a few disappearances Unfound is covered already. Rebecca Gary, Nikki McCown, Marina Bolter, Judith M. Key. All cases where the missing women had multiple men interested in them. And... It is safe to say that in all of those cases, at least one of those men in each of those cases caused those disappearances. The problem, if you go back and listen to those episodes, then listen to this one again, each man in each of these cases could have his reasons and seemingly had the opportunity as well. In other words, they all had equal probability of causing the disappearance. Having said that, I'm not sure that's the exact situation with Lisa's. Bubba, the married guy, seems to have a better motive than the others. Yet all we have is a rumor that Lisa was pregnant. Maybe Lisa called his wife. Maybe that was the call she made that morning. Maybe it wasn't to a friend, as has been documented. The problem I have is what are the odds that Neil would come looking to get his car and all of his stuff on the very day Lisa disappeared? What are the odds of that? Also, Neal gave Lisa the Lincoln because her car wasn't running. Well, to believe Ryan, Lisa's car still wasn't running the day she disappeared. So why did Neil show up wanting his car back? That would have left Lisa without a car, the very thing Neil was seemingly helping her to avoid. I would also add that, and this comes from a guy's perspective, if you're just looking to help a female friend out with her car problem, You loan her the money to get her own car fixed. However, if you have something else in mind, you give her your car. So if Neil and Lisa were just friends or he was doing her family a favor, why not just give her the money to get the Grand Am fixed? To me, with Neil showing up like he did, it's obvious something happened between him and Lisa that caused him to want to end their arrangement that was surely more than friends. And what are the odds the ending of that arrangement would happen on the very day Lisa disappeared? Hmm. It could be someone else didn't like finding out he wasn't the center of Lisa's attention. I'll leave the rest of the theorizing up to you. And that's the program. If you found it informative, please go to the app that you use to listen to Unfound, and give this podcast a nice review. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Denzel and you've been listening to Unfound.